Good morning. Good morning. And welcome on this second Sunday of Easter, often known as Low Sunday. So I thank you all for being here. The choir has the day off, but we do have uh, wonderful solo work by Danielle Grilly. So um, we are thankful for that and thankful for Tony being here on the organ. So that means that we are the choir today for the hymns. And Tony's picked out very easy hymns for us to sing so we can all do it. So I invite people to um, go into the blue hymnal that's in front in your pew and turn to page or to hymn 195. Our service continues on the front page of our seasonal booklet. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man, handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us today. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on the throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No one can say it. Please join me in praying Psalm 16 in unison. Protect me, O God, for, for I, I take, take refuge, refuge in you. I have, I have said to the Lord, you are, you are my Lord, my good, good above all other. All my delight is upon the godly that are in the land, upon those who are noble among the people. But those who run after other gods shall have their troubles multiplied. Their libations of blood I will not offer, nor take the names of their gods upon my lips. O Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not fall. My heart, therefore, is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope, for you will not abandon me to the grave, nor let your Holy One see the pit. 
you will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. A reading from the first letter of Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through the faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you had had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than, than gold, that though perishable is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel hymn this morning is hymn 209. We'll sing the first three verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the fourth one after. So I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 209, found in the blue hymnals. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I, shall, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Living God, if we are to believe, if we are going to trust, we're also going to need some help. We thank you for your patience with us and for your infinite grace. Amen. Please be seated. There's an old cartoon of St. Thomas and St. Peter sitting next to each other in heaven. Peter looks fairly content, and Thomas looks fairly annoyed. The single text bubble above Thomas says with an eye roll, nobody calls you denying Peter. And it's true. 
Aside from Judas, probably, no disciple gets branded quite the way Thomas does because of one single misstep. And so I've come to think that Thomas actually gets a really bad rap for doubting. In fact, I've come to actually think of Thomas as one of the bravest and perhaps most faithful disciples of the whole bunch. A few chapters earlier in John, we read of Jesus telling the disciples that he wants to set out on a route that's going to take them close to Jerusalem. This journey is dangerous because the religious elite had already put Jesus on a kind of most wanted list. And the disciples remind Jesus that if he's seen, there's no small chance he'll likely be killed. And so they try to dissuade him from taking such a risky journey, except for Thomas, who chimes in with a triumphant, well, let us also go that we may die with him. Doesn't seem so doubt-laden to me, I don't think. And then we have an account from Jesus' Last Supper with his disciples. During it, he's predicting his death, the suffering that is to come. But he's speaking, as he often does, in a little bit of a cryptic, fairly unclear way. He's saying something like, I have to go somewhere, but I'm not going to tell you where I'm going. But you already know how to get there. So I can kind of empathize with the disciples. It's not terribly clear. And this poor bunch are just not grasping what Jesus is trying to say. So I think Thomas may be saying to himself, who's going to tell Jesus no one knows what's going on right now, is the one that then blurts out, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How are we supposed to get there? Thomas is saying what needs to be said, but what no one else wants to say. He's not trying to impress Jesus by looking pensive and acting as though he gets it. He's got questions, and he lets Jesus know it. And I think that takes some nerve. Thomas, blunt, honest, realistic Thomas. In these examples, it's not so much doubt that we see in Thomas, is it? Rather, it's almost a reckless faith in Jesus. He's not mincing words. He's not worried about getting it exactly right the first time. He just wants to be all in with Jesus. But the same reckless faith that was compelling Thomas to turn his life around The same bravery he had to have to give up everything for the hope of the world that Jesus represented to him, it's that same bigness, that same energy that was utterly gutted out of him when it seemed like Jesus would be dead forever. This type of disappointment is something all its own because it comes at the cost of our deepest longings and some of our grandest dreams. And maybe you've experienced disappointment like that before. It often comes about in the context of a relationship with someone, but whatever is at the center of it, 
This kind of supremely deep disappointment can feel as if reality has actually fractured in two. You see, because we've given so much of an intimate piece of ourselves to something or someone in exchange for hope for something else, when that hope is dashed and left for dead, it can take a piece of us to die with it too. Thomas, who gave so much of himself to trust in the hope of Jesus as the Messiah, well, Thomas wasn't quite fully Thomas anymore the day Jesus died. A piece of Thomas, his deep abiding hope, had to have died that day too. And so bearing all this in mind, I think when we get to Thomas's episode of doubt from today's gospel, maybe some empathy on our part would show that he's not just a doubting Thomas, but also a heartbroken Thomas. A Thomas who placed so much of himself in the personhood of Jesus that he didn't have enough self left to really hear any good news, or at least not at first. It was just too hard for him to believe. And belief, what even is that? We often let the concept, the concept of belief really live primarily in our heads. Logic kind of drives belief for us often. We say that we believe something is, is true, is good, is real, and so on. And it tends to be a lot of either or, yes or no. It either is or it isn't. But believing that God is, let's say for example, always good, is actually a faith claim because there's a lot of evidence in the world that goes to the contrary of that belief. Believing in God's goodness anyway is a function of faith because faith also involves trust. What Thomas is showing us here is that belief is not only a head thing, but it's also a heart thing because the heart is where trust lives. But Thomas's heart was broken, so believing in something was way easier said than done. And what if it wasn't actually doubt, per se, that Jesus didn't appreciate in this story? What if it was Thomas's lack of trust that God's always going to find a way to show up? What if it was Thomas's assumption that his dashed hope, his disappointment, his brokenheartedness was all too big for God to work with? A lack of trust that grace could somehow resurrect it to new hope. I don't actually know what Thomas needed that day. Proof to believe or a healed sense of trust, maybe to, hint, to, to mend a broken heart. What I do know, though, is that among his doubt, Jesus still says, peace be with you. Amidst the disappointment and heartbreak, he still reaches out his hand. 
Amidst the strained sense of belief, he still shows his wounded side. So however doubt might roll around in your life from time to time, this is yet another opportunity for you to be honest with God. Like I always say, God can handle it. And for what it's worth, God already knows. Because before the light returned on the third day, the Gospels would have us believe that no one had the faith that Jesus was asking them to have. At least Thomas was honest about it. On the other hand, on the other end of that honesty, Thomas receives grace and a transformation into being one of the first people who really, really gets it. When he can look at Jesus and all he can say is, my Lord and my God. So, doubting Thomas, sure. But brave Thomas, recklessly faithful Thomas, naive Thomas, disappointed Thomas, heartbroken Thomas. Jesus is alive for Thomas in all his humanity and his doubt. So may Thomas's belief become our own, however hard one it may need to be, so that we might continually grow to trust Jesus, who is also always living for us too. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In peace, we pray to you, Lord God, for all people in their daily life and work, for our, for our families, families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone, for this community, the nation, and the world, for all for who, who work for justice, justice freedom, freedom, and peace, for the just and proper use of your creation, 
for the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression, for all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble, for those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy, for the peace and unity of the Church of God, for all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth, for Michael, our presiding bishop, Nicholas, our bishop, and for all bishops and other ministers, for all who serve God in his church, for the special needs and concerns of this congregation, In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Fran, Alexos, and Britt Bell, Alex, Megan, Mac, and Luca Anderson, and Stephen Babcock. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the retired clergy of the diocesis. Hear us, Lord. For your your mercy mercy is is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died and that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them who put put their their trust trust in you. Before I give the concluding collect, I ask your prayers this morning for all affected by the floods in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And as we come into this time of spring and planting, we ask our Lord God to provide us with a bountiful and productive harvest and seasonable weather. (coughs) Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand as you're able.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Please be seated for the announcements. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Ron Howie, senior warden at the Oregon. And um, <laughs> a couple of things. This is all going to lead in a little bit, but there's some surprises. Uh, this Friday, April 21st, at 7 p.m. at Temple Beth David, we are going to be doing an interfere prayer and conversation about let us so love. Keynote speaker Adam Greenman, President and CEO of the Jewish Alliance of Greater Rhode Island. So let's show our support. Let's do that. Uh, also, May 3rd, I think May 3rd, yep. is our church supper in May, and it is a Mexican theme, Cinco de Mayo, even though it's two days early, it is tacos. And Janessa is going to put something out, and it's going to be awesome. I will be there if you like tacos. I Aside from all that, it's a great opportunity for just us to get together in an informal way, just talk about whatever's on our mind. It's a good thing. Uh, there's other things that I, I'm forgetting. <laughs> I have been traveling. <laughs> what do we got? So we got a couple of other things. Uh, first and foremost, the bishop will be visiting us at the end of June. If anybody would like to be received into the Episcopal Church, Please let me know. Um, to be received into the church means that you get to be a card-carrying Episcopalian. And I can guarantee you that card plus $5 will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. But it's nice to have full membership with the Episcopal Church. And you're not just part of this church, but you're part of the national church. Also, on May 15th, there is a blood drive here at the church co-sponsored with Congregation Beth David. That's a Monday afternoon. Uh, more information will be forthcoming from the Red Cross. For those who gave blood during the blood drive for Leo, you're not going to quite qualify. But there is a code with it, so if you're able to go and give blood within the next couple of weeks, the blood drive that we're having here will get credit for your blood. So um, if that makes sense to those who give blood, uh, that's great. Also, something to note, if you have been told in the past for various reasons that you do not qualify to give blood anymore, uh, call the American Red Cross or the um, Rhode Island Blood Center. Those rules are changing rapidly. For instance, I've been told for years I can't give because I was in England in 1983. They have since um, uh, let go of that rule and I can give again. So I'm looking forward to giving on May 15th. So um, those are the things that are coming up. You got the May date in there. And also, um, you will notice in today's um, booklet that we're missing a portion of the Eucharistic prayer. We did that on purpose to invite people to begin going back into the prayer book. And so I will announce the page number where prayer A begins uh, when we begin the Eucharist this morning. So those are my announcements and Ron's announcements at this time, because we both have been traveling. Um, are there any other announcements for the good of the order? Then let's say thank you to Drake for another great homily this morning. I love you, Drake. <laughs> Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. 
Holy food and 